Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. review it's our first show of the season uh, and we've all honestly all just watched the community shield so we're going to have a lot of in-depth analysis about that uh, i'm dave and joining me this week is chris hello football's back dave football's back it it really is um i was just saying to chris offline um it feels like the first day back at school after summer holidays like having spoken to chris every week for about nine months and then gone to- totally cold turkey for three months. <laughs> we just sat sat talking about what we've been up to over the summer and the answer was actually very little. Um, but, you know, we've got stuff to talk about now, so it's fine. Uh, also joining us is, uh, is James. Hello, James. How are you, sir? How are you doing? I am very well, thanks. Uh, James uh, is here to West Ham, so hopefully being catching up with all our uh, season previews we've, we've been bringing to you here on the, the Man the Post Network. Uh, and early thoughts, James, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being fuck yes and 1 being fuck no. Uh, how excited are you for the new season? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna sit in the middle of the two and say 7.5. It's, um, it's nice for us to, to be spending a bit of money, but there's still, still a lot to be worried about for us. Um, but I'm just happy football's back in general, um, as you both said, just as excited as I am. Oh yeah, I mean, I've got Steve Bruce to, to look after now, so I mean, my enthusiasm should really be waned, but somehow I'm, I'm, I'm here, which is uh, just more than I thought I'd be a couple of months ago, because that was a real kick in the nuts to go from Benitez to Bruce over, yeah. overnight, pretty much, but uh, I'll be mourning about that for a while to come yet. Um, so anyway, the... Uh, We'll start with the Community Shield and get the, the old review for us out the way, which is kind of the main point of this show. Um, however, you two haven't seen it, is that right? I saw, but I haven't I saw, seen Yeah, I saw most of the first half, uh, and then, you know, I think I got about as involved in it as most of the crowd did. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Wembley so empty for, for uh, what he's billed as a, a, a top-class uh, football match. Is it top-class? Well, it Which, used to be, didn't it? It used to be quite an event. Yeah. It used to be the start of the football season, but when the st- friendly's still going on after it, you know, and, and stuff like that, it, it seems a little bit strange now. I don't think it helps that it's on BT. Um, and I know we've we've ragged on BT quite a few times over the last few months, but uh, it's, it just doesn't work, does it? Like, it's, it's not in everyone's home. Um, Sky mm. will be... I haven't seen the, the figures, but I imagine Sky have far more subscriptions to their sports package than mm-hmm. anyone does to BT. Yeah. I understand BT uh, has, have like, increased their prices quite highly as well. Yeah, I'm paying like 33 quid a month now for, for this nonsense. But See, I, I get wrapped in with my Virgin package. That's the only way I've ended up with it, else I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't pay for it separately. But that's only because I can't get Sky in my current house. So. Oh, yeah, because of the old... Uh, the tree. The, the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. I'm pleased the tree's still around. Um, well, I actually really enjoyed this game. Maybe it was just the lack of football for the previous months, but I, I, I thought it was quite enjoyable. Um, two teams who pretty much went for it from the off. There was minimal sort of possession fanning about in their own half. Kind of, Both teams wanted to win. Um, Mo Salah shot about 30-plus 30, 30 times, I think, throughout the game. Uh, so that hasn't changed either, but... Uh, no, if it's if all the games are of that level, I think it'll be all right. It might be a decent season. At least it wasn't, you know, like the old days where the two two teams in the top four used to go head to head, and it was just like a nil nil 
Did they use VAR for it? No, I didn't notice in the first half because it's like there didn't uh, seem to be many incidents. But... They, they did, yeah, they had VAR, but there was so little to look at. They, they looked at um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, like kind of flicking a foot at Bernardo Silva, um, but didn't deem it worthy of anything. Okay. Um, but I think obviously they check all the goals and stuff, but there was nothing even slightly contentious about either goal, so it wasn't really that obvious that it was in play, which is which is good. It's the way I'd like it to be, mm-hmm. but. We we know next weekend there's going to be at least one major incident where yeah. everyone's going to be left scratching their heads. Can't wait for match of the day to be four hours long. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a contentious incident every week. I reckon next season. Yeah. No. Obviously, there's been a lot of, sorry, go on. There's been uh, so many discussions about VAR and things, but it all comes down to. All the other major European leagues have had it, and there seems to be like maybe one example a month, which paints it in a bad light. But there's, there's not not been a huge amount of difference in the amount of goals and penalties and things like that, um, which gives me some hope. Although then you remember that it's our referees as opposed to the European referees. Yeah, and Wilfred Zahar plays in the Premier League. <sighs> yeah. Now, do you think? It might work against him, and that a lot of his fouls will be thrown up as dives. Or do you think that because there's be a slight amount of contact, he'll he'll get his fair share still? I don't know. That's the thing, isn't it? You'd, you'd like to think they'd count against him as dives, and that it would uh, lead to him cutting it out. But you can imagine it. Like I heard you say on the, the the preview show that if there's a slight bit of contact, they won't change the decision. So that could, if anything, make him worse. You know, he he's literally gonna t- he's just gonna turn up on on the pitch and just lie on the floor for eighty three minutes. <laughs> well, I think you should put your bet on uh, Milivojevic to be golden boot winner right now yeah, because because he, he doesn't miss, does he? He's got the most accurate of the penalties. But I don't know. I, I'm unconvinced to be honest. I think they've had so long to get it right from a refereeing point of view. Um, and the the FA Cup games, all right. There's been some ridiculous instances which have taken forever but there hasn't been a spate of penalties and things not like every FA Cup game that used VAR finished 6-6 like I don't think it'll be as, as bad as we, as we thought maybe not um, and of course we use different rules to what the Champions League use so all this nonsense about that penalty Man United got away in Paris um, to this day it's never ever going to be a Premier League penalty and I know they changed the rules and by the law of the UEFA, it was a penalty, but um, it's just not how we have handball over here, and hopefully never will, because that mm. it's just not a penalty. While we're talking about new rules and stuff, do you think that some of the new rules will make much of a difference in the league now? So that I think the main one that everyone's been talking about is the ability to, for teams to play out from the back with a bit more security now, so you can play the ball to a defender without being challenged, as long as it's in the, in the box, I understand? Yeah. Uh, well... I quite like it. I mean, how many times do you see in games last season where the, the goal kick went to the guy on the edge of the box and he was under a bit of pressure, so he just stepped in the box and took it in and then, oh, I'll get to take it again. Yeah. And it was, it was just a George, nonsense. It's, it's, it's perfect for Jorginho, isn't it? Because like, all he did was walk in, into the box and say, give me the ball. Um, so, And it also nullifies a lot of uh, Mustafi's mistakes. No, hang on. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not a carte blanche rule change. Like. You know, if he's got uh, no. that bit of security where he can't be challenged for a couple of seconds, he might actually have some composure. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could look at the other way where other teams might let him have the ball and just mark everybody else and say, well, come on, come on, then. <laughs> bring it on. Oh, God, no, stop. <laughs> um, I did notice today as well, like, Guardiola's obviously already thought about this and he's got... Um, Otamendi getting the ball like off Bravo in the six yard box and he has the full backs really wide and Stones is like a pivot between them mm-hmm. um, it's another thing for him to get stuck into which the good coaches will find ways to use it to their advantage Yeah, I imagine it'll, there's going to be some confusion in the first couple of weeks of the season as, as teams get used to it probably yeah I mean we've seen that supposedly the best of the best today and it's gone without a hitch but through you know Let's say Newcastle's idiots in the mix, and anything could happen. <laughs> um, I am intrigued at, at, to see how, how that plays out, but uh, there will be at least one incident in the first couple of weekends where 
a goal is completely gifted to the opposition because they've forgotten about the rules. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, for one, can't wait. Yeah, I, I imagine uh, it will be <laughs> Mustafi at about 6 o'clock next Saturday evening. Well, that's against us, isn't it? I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah bring, bring, bring that on. Um, how do, uh, do West Ham tend to play off on the back, James, or are you more of a, a Route 1 sort of team? Well, under Pellegrini, we're beginning to play at the back a little bit. Um, the, the, the struggles that Pellegrini's had is that he's come into a team that has been so used to playing Route 1 for so long. Um, but it's he's had to almost buy an entire new squad just to get rid of that mentality. Uh, and he's kind of just finishing that that off now. But last year we saw you know a little bit more playing out from the back. But you know in terms of ball playing defenders, you know we're very limited on that front. Um, it's the up probably our our best ball playing defender. Um, other than that, you know they're just sort of you know long ball specialists almost. But I mean it's 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 nice to see at West Ham, but I just don't think we're that sort of team. No, that's a big thing as well, isn't it? It's all very well everyone wanting to play off in the back but if you don't have the players to do it yeah obviously better off not doing it um yeah. we found this under under steve mclaren he came with the best intentions of us playing out from the back um but it just doesn't work when chick teot is picking the ball up off your center halves because he's got no ability to pass forwards so that was soon canned yeah i'm currently watching arsenal versus barcelona and arsenal a playing this playing out from the back more which obviously Emery wanted to do last season for us and like it's really strange like watching this game where as soon as Leno gets the ball basically all four Arsenal defenders are in the in the area just like stood there waiting for the ball and uh, Callum Chambers to be fair who's a decent ball player because he's a midfielder but but, but by trade um, isn't really coping very well with it so uh, yeah roll on (laughs) next week I mean, I'm very surprised to see Callum Chambers back in the mix for probably the tenth consecutive preseason, and he'll probably get loaned out on deadline day next next Thursday. Oh, oh, I don't know. We don't have many other defensive options at the moment. Although Rob Holden is due to be back in a couple of weeks. So, is um is, is Carl Jenkins survived another summer? He's played. He's played a lot of preseason games. Strangely, oh, um, of course he has. Yeah, he, he, he's still there. Hopefully, somebody in the championship will take him off us at some point but we're waiting for Bellerin to come back to full fitness aren't we so oh yeah he got uh, paggered a while ago now yeah he's due out to the, the, the uh, I think the, the, yes, the rough estimate is about September so I, I imagine that Jenkinson will probably survive as, as cover for that if nothing else um, are you still win 1-0 I saw Aubameyang's yeah he's still 1-0 actually, nice. actually playing quite well but it's quite a mixed Barcelona team to be fair they've got they've got some kid in their midfield who looks about 12 who's actually doing quite well I do enjoy that you're playing Barcelona as a warm up for a match against Steve Bruce's Newcastle which is about as far away from <laughs> the, the type of football they're playing the type of oh, football yeah. we play Arsenal fans Arsenal Twitter as we know is ridiculous Arsenal fans were screaming this afternoon when the team news came out because uh, Pepe hasn't travelled with the team and oh, they were no. like, oh no, oh, we should be playing our starting eleven against Newcastle. You know, we should be playing against Barcelona to get them prepared. I was like, no, come on, it's not not even the same sort of thing. You know, yeah. no, no disrespect it's, it's... to Steve Bruce and Newcastle, obviously. Oh, I mean, there's plenty of disrespect to be given out, really. I mean, he showed Chef Wed a lot of respect. So, <laughs> um, so that Community Shield, eh? That... <laughs> is, it, um... is it pointless now, the Community Shield? Does anyone um, care about it anymore? I, mean, I say I quite enjoyed the game today, and I would, I would, I think there should be a match to sort of start the season off. Everyone else seems to have one. Steve McManaman made a good point, which has never happened before, but he did today, where he said um, all the other European leagues they make a huge deal out of their Super Cup or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it for, for a start. They call it the Super Cup or yeah, you know yeah. something, something worth winning rather than the Community Shield, which uh, doesn't exactly you know carry a lot of gravitas as a name, does it? You know, I, I think I, I get the idea behind it, but it's just I don't know. It seems to have lost its luster. I think they could revamp it, probably. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe turn it into maybe a two semi-finals and a final. Maybe bring in the, the winners of the League Cup. Um, just make it a little bit more interesting. Actually, have a proper build-up to the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be good. I I, I do agree as well that. It's a bit stupid that because Man City won the league and the FA Cup, it goes to second place in the league rather than, as you say, 
the League Cup winners. Now, granted, that was also Man City, but that's not the point. Yeah. Um, traditionally, it's you know goes to second place if, if they've won the double. Because um, the minute win the, winning the League Cups worth nothing, nothing really. You get a, a Europa League place, but they're nearly always in the top six anyway, so it doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it does definitely need a revamp because I mean, particularly for supporters of a supporter of a club that's like got a very small chance of ever playing in that game it just doesn't really doesn't really have any interest no I mean the, the, the supposed two best teams in the country have just gone head to head today and you know it hasn't exactly grabbed loads of headlines has it so if that doesn't do it then uh, what will I mean god help us if Watford have won the FA Cup no one would have watched that today <laughs> Never mind. Um, did uh, any of you see any of uh, any of the football league games over the weekend? Any... I saw that Birmingham City won one nil, having one sh- attempt on target. Actually, no, one attempt. Sorry, uh, and it was a header from like twenty five yards. I, I love the whole XG <laughs> argument on this, where their their XG was something like point naught one, and they won um, against uh, was it Brentford? Brentford? I think it was Brentford. Yeah, who were one, yeah. of the, one of the fancy teams in the division, but yeah. So, I saw that because obviously living in Birmingham, it was all over, all over the place there. But ridiculous and stuff like that. But do we um, do we think the championship's going to be like last season? Because there's a lot of people seem to think that Leeds are just going to walk it this year. Uh, our boss Ross included. Hmm. I, I, I caught uh, Luton Borough on Friday night, which is a cracking game of football. Yeah, um, and I think I mean just I mean I didn't see a lot of Luton last year, but having watched just ninety minutes. And this year, I think they could surprise a few people this year. I don't think it's going to be as straightforward for the likes of Leeds um, and all the other fancy clubs. I think there'll be there'll be a few surprise packages in there. And it's a difficult league, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch as long as you're not in it. Um, like, yeah. we, we, we've been pretty fortunate. Um, whenever we've gone down, we've come straight back. I think West Ham did as well. Or did you have one? Oh, you lost to Palace one year, many years yeah, ago. did once, and the other time we, we bought yeah. it. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's a nice break in a way from the Premier League because it is most of your games at Saturday 3 o'clock unless you lead in which case you're on every week mm-hmm. um, and, and you're playing some new grounds and you go and see you know pro- sort of proper football for a bit and away from whatever the Premier League has become um, and if you're winning it's it's a great laugh but yeah when yeah. you're not it's uh, that's why I enjoyed it when we were down there it's just because we were winning more than we were losing for once which is nice yeah yeah it's not really something I'm used to um, but there was the odd time where we'd go three or four games without a win you just start thinking Christ I kind of take another, a year of this um, because and you probably found this West Ham as well every team you, you face the opposition desperately wants to beat you like yeah. We we played Rotherham, who were uh, they finished bottom the year we were down there, and we we ended up winning four 0 but it was nil nil at half time, and they played out of their skins like they should have really been a couple of goals ahead, and I think we got a goal maybe maybe just on half time, which which sunk them, but it was just like every game was like a real struggle sometimes to uh, to break them down, and just thought you know we are the wanted men here, and it was it was it was a slog, and we were kind of lucky to win the league certainly, but. Uh, I would never, I would never wish it on any team to who I like to go down there because it's a horrible, uh, horrible feeling to try and get out of it. Um, all right, then. So uh, we've skirted on the issue long enough. Let's uh, let's talk about West Ham. So uh, we've uh, we've been getting on fans from uh, from every Premier League club to uh, to give us a proper lowdown on uh, on where they where they stand this season coming ahead. Um, so far, as long as everyone goes to plan on Tuesday, we'll have seen every Premier League club except Burnley. Um, so we'll pretend to know about Burnley later on. But uh, James, uh, West Ham have spent quite a bit of money on certainly Sebastian Haller uh, and also uh, Fornals, who looked pretty decent in the uh, the under twenty one Euros, which already feels about a lifetime ago. Mm. Um, what are your expectations heading into the new season I think I mean as I said to said to you briefly earlier I mean we're not 100% ready I don't think um, I don't I think fans in general are expecting improvement on 10th uh, I mean we've been promised this sort of next level um, era since moving into the new stadium and so far that hasn't really happened 
Um, we had a couple of relegation battles in the last year, sort of a solid mid-table finish. So I think the fans are expecting improvement. Um, there will be some fans that will be expecting this to sort of battle for the, with Everton and Leicester and probably Wolves for the top six or seven. Um, but I just, I just don't think that we're ready for that yet. I think we probably need another year of building a, a squad that's capable of doing it and bringing in a few more sort of better players and getting rid of the dead wood. So, I mean, in terms of expectations, mid-table again um, and a cup run. Yeah, that seems like a reasonable request. Um, you mentioned uh, the stadium there. Now, uh, when you first moved in, there was... It took a little bit of time to get acclimatised, which is not unusual for any club moving to a new stadium. Yeah. Do, does it now feel a bit more like home, or is it uh, is it still that stadium yeah. in London? Yeah, I think it does. Last year was the first year where I think uh, we were playing some better football under Pellegrini, um, and we were winning more games than we were losing at home. Um, and so we were go- it got to a stage where we were actually going into a home game and fans were going there thinking, you know, we, we could win today. It doesn't matter who we're playing, we've got a good chance. Um, which we hadn't had since we left Upton Park. We, we were going yeah. and playing teams in the relegation zone or in and around us and going, no, we could get beat here because we're just not comfortable. But, um, you know, I think we're, towards the end of last season especially, we were, we were pretty good at home. We turned into, I wouldn't say a fortress, but, you know, a place where we were making it difficult for teams to come. So, um, it does feel a little bit more like home, but it's going to take a good few years until um, you know we can actually accept it. I think. You, you mentioned that you um, you reckon that you'll finish mid-table with a, with a decent cup run. Um, yeah. If that's the case, does Pellegrini survive? Oh, definitely. Um, I think. I mean, the main thing Pellegrini was asked to do when he came in was just you know stabilise the football club. Mm-hmm. Um, and completely revamp uh, the mindset of the players and the fans and, and, and sort of our transfer strategy and everything because the club was a complete mess for a good few years. Um, you know, David Moyes came in and did a good job in keeping us up, but we needed a different mindset from the likes of Allardyce and Moyes and um, uh-huh. towards the end of Billich's reign as well. I mean, it wasn't great. So I think... Another mid-table finish, you know, wouldn't be beneath him, and then and then he can start thinking about pushing us on to that so-called next level that all the fans have been promised. Um, I, I, I don't think he'll, he'll be in any danger of losing his job because um, the football's nice to watch and the fans are enjoying it. That's good. I say I've, I've always had like a soft spot for West Ham. That they've always had, the, I think, what they call the West Ham way, the way they, the, the, the you know the way they play the ball and, and stuff like that. But since the move to the London Stadium. The way some of the fans have behaved and stuff, I found very un-West Ham, if you know what I mean. Because it yeah. it's always like, it's like that family club, isn't it, West Ham in London? It's yeah. always been seen as that family club. And then, yeah, the, the trouble you had the first season at the London Stadium, it just seemed really strange. And I was like, what kind of expectations did the fans have? So, And that seemed to carry on. And then, obviously, you say Pellegrini's come in and changed the mindset a little bit. And I hope that is the case, because, obviously, Pellegrini's a top-class manager. He was Man City manager not that long ago. Uh, mm. and stuff like that so I do hope that yeah if they need that extra season to do a bit of rebuilding that the fans will stick with him it's like I'm an Arsenal fan I know all about toxic fans and stuff like that because <laughs> our place seems to be full of them at the moment like there's still people calling for Emmy's head in pre-season because we haven't yeah. signed a defender yet um, so yeah I just I don't want to see uh, repeats of like you know fans fighting amongst themselves and, and, and jeering the crowd because if you look at West Ham's squad you've got some very good players yeah, in that team as well. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you see any of that anymore. Um, sort of when it comes to the fans, um, a lot of sort of people looking from the outside in wouldn't have seen sort of the the catalyst to to everything that happened over those first two years in the stadium. You know, mm-hmm. but a lot of the fans didn't want the move. Yeah, uh, it's it became very clear once the move had been completed and we moved in that you know the club had basically promised us. Um, or made a lot of promises that they very quickly realised they couldn't keep. Um, the fans very quickly realised that it wasn't a football stadium, it was still an athletic stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fans were promised a football stadium first, athletic stadium second. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, and then, you know, as is the same with every, every move, you've got fans moving from one side of the stadium to the other and they're not in the same, you know, there's groups of fans wanting to sing, groups of fans wanting to sit down. That took a season to really get the fans where they wanted to be in their own little pockets. 
Um, so there's always going to be a bit of unrest, but the big the big thing for that was still with the broken promises. You know, the board was mm-hmm. saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to sign world-class players and world-class managers and you know, we're going to finish in the top four and, you know, we're going to spend £40 million on a striker and it just never happened. Um, but now, as you said, you know, we've got, on paper, we've got a squad of really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, and we've got the manager to get those players playing at a good level. So it's beginning to happen for us. So uh, the fans are pretty happy at the moment. Okay, excellent. One of Chris's uh, ones that got away is Jack Wilshire. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm... go on. Um, he scored the other night. Is he uh, is he fully fit again? He is actually. He's had a he's had a full pre season, um, and he's played played probably the best football we've seen. Um, obviously, we haven't seen a, a lot of him, admittedly, but um, you know he's been he's been really really good. Arguably one of our best players in pre season. And I think you know if we can keep him fit, and I know it's a big if, but. Um, he's he's probably our best player. I would say he's up there as, as one of our best players in the squad, um, and he'll make things happen. And it's good to see him get his first goal, even if it wasn't a friendly. Um, and he seems to be, you know, working hard. He said in, in the summer that, you know, he's done extra training over the summer to ensure that you know he's put all his injuries behind him. Um, so I think if you ask any West Ham fan, fan now, he's one of the first names on the on the starting in the starting eleven every week. I think West Ham's the perfect club for Jack Wilshire. The, the way they play and everything, and he's because he, he's obviously the sort of player who can drive a game. And, and West Ham don't have that. Obviously, you know they've had Mark Noble for years, but obviously, how, how long's left in those legs and stuff like that? Um, but yeah, and they've got creative players around him as well. Who you know, um, I've forgotten his name. What's oh the Brazilian fella? Anderson, Anderson, yeah, Anderson, yeah, yeah, you know, so players like that, and this Haller who looks pretty good, who can, who can run off Wilshire and stuff. I think yeah. it could yeah. do him well if he keeps himself fit, because it, it, it's him that injures himself nine times out of ten. <laughs> so you know, hopefully now he's you know spent some time learning how not to roll his ankle when making a tackle or snorting cocaine, marching and stuff like that um, on his nights off. So allegedly. Yeah, first Chris. <laughs> I think, um, I think it, as as I said before, you know the players we've got in the squad now, it suits him perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the midfield as well, Lanzini as well is one that's really worked well with him. Four nows, they've all been playing the same eleven for three or four games running, and they've all played really well. So, um, as you said, you know if he can stop himself from getting injured, um, he should have a really really good season, like he did for Bournemouth that year when he yeah. managed to stay fit for. for for, you know, for what, 20, 25 games. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I always, uh, a losing battle I think I'm fighting here is um, Declan Rice to me looks like a centre-back playing in midfield. Um, where do you see him playing long-term? Do you think he's now a forward or do you think he will end up at centre-half eventually? Uh, I, I see him staying where he is and holding midfield. Um, he, he was a centre-back when he came through the academy. Um, and I think when we got when we took him from Chelsea when he was what 13, 14, he was playing centre back. But um, I, I see him now. I think he's absolutely superb in that holding role. Um, I think I can't. I mean, he's played there for England as well. I think that's that's his best position. But it's good to have someone that can play at centre half. But then um, if if you if you if you need cover um, and knowing West Ham's injury record, we're going to need cover at some point. Um, so it's good to have that option, but someone that can play that holding midfield role very well. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just doesn't look totally comfortable on the ball. Um, but as I'm fighting a losing battle there. He seems to be getting better with every game. He's, so He's still young. A lot of people forget that he's still, what, only, I think he's, what, 19, 20. Um, and he's he's still got a long, long way to go. I mean, it, David Moyes managed him very, very well, I think, where, you know, he made a mistake, I think, in, in an up, uh, away at Arsenal, um, and which led to a goal. And he didn't play for three games and sort of, you know, Moyes dropped him. And it was like a harsh lesson almost. And then he had a really poor opening, opening day of the season last year against Liverpool and was hauled off at half-time. And even he admitted, you know, maybe, um, at that time he thought, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm going to end up in the championship playing on loan. Um but credit to him, he came back and he's, he's improved with every game since. Got his England call-up, got his first cap. Um, so he's still got a lot to learn and he, I think he will get better. Um, it's just a case of just managing him properly 
um, and sort of keeping his feet on the ground. Well, it all seems uh, like it's coming together, really, for, for West Ham. As I say, you've got probably for the first time quite a bit of strength and depth as well. Um, a player I particularly like is Lanzini. Um, he got a big injury, though, and he missed most of last season. Yeah. Um, is, he, uh, is he fit and firing again? He is, yeah. He scored three in pre-season, three in a row in his last three pre-season games. Um, and he's, him and Fournals, the new the new signing, seem to be linking up very, very well. I think Fournals has assisted two of those three for him. Um, I think, I mean, it's quite exciting, actually, to have Lanzini back fully fit, but then alongside someone just as creative and sort of forward-thinking as him. Um, it's, it's really good to have him fully fit and just hope that he doesn't have a recurrence of that injury because um, it was an ACL, I think. Um, hmm. And, you know, it's, it's quite, once a player gets an ACL, there's always a risk of it returning. So, you know, if, if he can, if he can avoid another a repeat of that, then, you know, we've got, we've, you know, we've got another great player. that's almost like I'm doing signing this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's had a superb preseason. Well, I'm surprised at how good a preseason he's had, really. And finally, um, Arnautovic is gone. Um, how much of a, a bad apple I think he was by the end because it seemed like he was unplayable for a few months and then all of a sudden he dropped that he wanted to go he wanted to move to China and we all know when people want to go to China it's mostly money related um, and I think I haven't got the figures in front of us but I think there was a definite drop off in, in the form once he said he wanted to go and obviously wasn't playing at his, at his peak after that yeah I mean just thinking about the whole thing just makes me really angry still um, like the fans absolutely love that man, mm. and because he he was brilliant on his day, so so good. Um, but then for some reason, I mean, it got in his head that he'd, he'd be better off over in China. I think the line that we got was he wanted to go and win trophies, uh, which you know any fan base hears that from their one of their best players who wants to go to China and win trophies. Of course, they're going to be annoyed with him. But it was just the whole the whole way he did it. It showed no respect to the club or the fans. Um, down tools and then uh, you know it, it started in January and then he didn't play and then he missed our FA Cup defeat to Wimbledon which we could have really done with him uh, and then about five minutes after that game had finished and the fans are angry with the result you know the club announced he's got his new contract and he's all over Instagram saying that he's back and he's going to help the team um, and he didn't score another goal until May uh, <laughs> and, scored th- and then scored three in his last two games so obviously you know, hoping to to attract the attention of China again towards the end of the season. Um, so yeah, I wasn't really surprised to see him go in the end. But the thing that annoys me the most is we only got twenty five million quid for him because he was definitely worth more than that. Yeah, especially if he just signed a new contract as well. You would think that would uh, push the value up, unless he had a clause in there, like. But that would yeah kind of, kind of defeat the point, wouldn't they just it? Just signed him gone though, didn't they? Yeah, we led to believe that he, like even the players were like, "Can you just get rid of this guy? He's, he's beginning to, you know, beginning to really annoy us." So, um, I think you know the players, the board, Pellegrini, and all the all the coaching staff were just like, "Just take what you can and just get, we, we we can't have him in the dressing room anymore." So, yeah, um, China has that weird rule, doesn't it, where if you buy a foreign player, uh, the transfer fee you have to match it in, in reinvesting into the Chinese league. Yeah. So the, the Chinese teams were not not going to want to pay a fortune for him anyway. So I, I imagine it was just a case of this is what you get in, and any club going in for him would have known at that point that they West Ham wanted rid. So you're not going to increase your offer, are you? Yeah, it's true. It is true. I think yeah, I think just West Ham fans were like, could have got more for him, but you know, good riddance. Um, and we've got a better player now in Sebastian Haller. So mm-hmm. what uh, what's the story with Haller? Then what, what what can we expect from him? Is he uh... Is he quick? Is he a big man? What what what's what's he going to bring to the team? Well, he's a bit of both. I mean, I, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that I didn't know much about him when we, when we signed him. Um, all I knew is that he was um, scoring a load of goals alongside um, is it Luki Jovic, uh, and obviously Jovic got his move to Real Madrid. Um, and so, I mean, he must have been, he must be pretty good. But I've, from what I've seen of him in pre-season, he's very very impressive. Um, you know, he's quick. He holds the ball up really well. Um, he's got great foot, footwork for, you know, it's a little bit like having Andy Carroll back. He's got great feet for a big man. And, um, but he's, uh, he's, he can finish. You know, he's, from what I, I mean, I've seen very little of him in pre-season, but what I have seen is that, you know, we've got a player that will 
be able to bring the, the likes of Fornals, Lanzini, Anderson into play, uh, but also get in the positions for them to be able to sort of provide the ball to him in the box. So um, he's a bit of an all-round, all-round sort of target man. And um, yeah. I think everyone. I mean, I've I've read sort of scout reports and I've sort of spoken to sort of German German football experts who've all said how the hell have West Ham managed to sign this guy? Sorry, Karen. No, I was just, uh, it's just, it's, although we don't really know much about him, mm-hmm. from, from everything we're hearing coming out of Germany and sort of journalists and the experts and stuff like that, you know, they're all pretty shocked that he's, he's ended up at West Ham and not a bigger football club. So yeah. that's he quite reminds, exciting. He reminds me a little bit of Kevin Carane. Yeah. He's got that look about him because he's, he's, he's quite a big guy and stuff, but, he, you know, he. he from I've seen very little of him as well, um, but yeah, he he does seem to run and hold the ball at well, so it could be really good for West Ham. You know, it's it, it it's good for them to have a striker they can depend on. Uh, Say so Arnautovic went missing for large chunks of the season. Carroll, you know, obviously isn't there anymore. Uh, has, mm. Hernandez is still there, isn't he? He's still there. I don't think he'll leave before Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we're really short at the moment is up front. Yeah. Um, Hugo's gone to QPR on loan, which obviously won't be a great miss. But um, it's literally just Haller and Hernandez as sort of recognised strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio will probably play up front as well, but we're really short. So Hernandez will be at the club next year, but he'll be he'll be a bench player. What's uh, you, are your opinion on, on Michael Antonio? Because every time I see him play, it seems like a proper handful with like no technique whatsoever. He just <laughs> he's just really difficult to pin down to even a position, let alone you know what he's what he what he brings to a team. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's exactly that. He's not no, not much technique. I mean, every time he's got the ball, he never looks like he's in control of it. <laughs> um, but he still manages manages to score at least sort of you know seven or eight goals a season. Mm. Um, and he'll play anywhere he's asked to play. I think the only position he hasn't played is is in goal for us at the moment. Um, give, it time. give it time. Yeah, <laughs> he just does a job. You know, you put him anywhere, wing back. You know, out on the wing up front, and he'll do a job for you. Um, out on the wing, you know. If he starts the game out in the wing within five or ten minutes, he looks absolutely shattered because he just doesn't stop running. Uh, <laughs> which is a good thing to have, you know. So, it's, it, um, the fans absolutely adore him. Um, he just gets his head, keeps his head down and, and gets on with it. And, and he always delivers. Uh, I can't remember the last time he had a bad game. So, um, he's, he's a good player to have around the squad. And you can't knock his, uh, his celebrations either. He's always got something in the locker. Yes, yeah, particularly the one he did at Spurs last year. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Which one was that? Remind me. I, can't, I mean, it's very difficult to, to describe, but um, it was the first goal Tottenham conceded that their new shiny ground. And, oh um, right, okay. It was it was just beautiful, given that it was us that scored it, and then he did that. Uh, <laughs> you know, spent a billion, spent a billion pound in a new stadium just for a West Ham player to to do that. It was just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we we have, we have a lot of Tottenham hatred on this show, so. Uh... Oh, I, don't know that, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> well, I mean, you I, I can understand, but my head, I didn't know where it started from, but uh, oh, it's in there, don't worry. Uh, all right, then, James, well, um, what, uh, we'll finish with the, the hardest question of all, which is where do you see West Ham finishing this season? Well, I know I said mid-table is the expectation. Um, I'd like to see some improvements. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say eighth. Because um, I do, I do think we're good enough to be there. It's just whether we're consistent enough to to put, you know, sort of challenge for top seven or six. So I'm going to say eighth, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was eleventh. If I'm honest, there probably won't be much between those sorts of positions anyway. True. Yeah. And if you look at the teams around you in that kind of that kind of bracket, I think we can all agree Everton have have improved quite a bit with the signs if they all hit the ground running I think they'll do alright um, I don't see Wolves having a stronger season um, the squad's just so thin with um, the Europa League as well I mean obviously we've got a week to go yet before the transfer window shuts but I'm not overly convinced they have the squad to, to finish 7th again um, based on what I've seen so far mm. uh, Leicester have got the Brendan Rodgers factor where could be going really well and he'll just keep changing things until it doesn't go well anymore so you know he's, he does a lot of good but he also is quite good at putting his foot in it um, the likes of Watford haven't haven't really improved at all for my money I, I can't think of anyone I mean, Watford was saying Craig Dawson like is that is that going to help 
just yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't normally help. Um, so I reckon you know you've got every chance of certainly being in that top ten, um, and then it's you know kind of a couple of points here and there will make the difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I said I said to a colleague of mine a couple of weeks ago that you know, I'm convinced this is the year where we see at least one, potentially even two teams fall out of that top six. Um, you know, Chelsea are gonna. I think you know, without not without the sign sign any players, are gonna struggle potentially. Um, Arsenal, you know, potentially could fall out the top six. I don't think they're gonna have to finish in the top four. Um, although I'd love them to finish in the top four at the expense of Spurs. Um, good recovery. Good recovery. Yeah. <laughs> I was, as I was saying, I was like, I need to recover this quickly. I was just uh, going to stop recording. And- <laughs> and, uh, and United, obviously, I, I, I just don't see United doing doing many, many sort of improving on last year. So this is the year where one or two teams could take advantage, um, and I think we we should be, you know, aiming to be sort of in and around that pack, you know, waiting to, for one of the top six to, to to fall out. So you never know, but I'm not I'm not expecting that. No, but you've you've got to put yourself in a position to take advantage, and I think you've certainly got the basis of that um, Chris what do you think about uh, about that about the top six do you think are Arsenal vulnerable I, mean, I think we can probably agree Chelsea are vulnerable based around the not being able to sign anybody Chelsea were vulnerable last season and still fucking finished third I don't know how they did it um, I, I, I don't know I think I think Arsenal will make the top four um, you know especially if we manage to sign a defender Um but yeah, Chelsea are vulnerable. Spurs, you never know where they're going to go. Um, I, I don't expect Liverpool to have a good a season as they did last year. Um, but I don't expect them to fall out of the top four. I, it, it, it's going to be like maybe your Chelsea, Man United. Um, I expect that the interesting battle this season, though, will be for your sixth, seventh, eighth. You know, you've got. Everton, who look like they've invested well, but we've said that quite a few times. But today they've bought a striker, which mm-hmm. we've been since since like what last start of last season we've been saying is was their their Achilles heel, um, and that they've bought a very good striker by the looks of it as well. Um, yeah, you know Watford were funny last season. Bournemouth, I don't think will repeat their success. I think Wolves will. Um, just because they used a very thin squad last season, but yeah, they've got the Europa League. But they, you know, they've they've got a lot of young players that they that yeah. I am. I imagine Nuno will just throw the young players into the Europa League, and and you know, and, and go for the for thing. But yeah, I think I think your sixth, seventh, eighth is like West Ham, your Everton, your Wolves, and I would expect strangely Southampton to come back into to where they were a couple of seasons ago. No, a lot of people are kind of tipping Southampton to to make that jump just because Hasenhudel had them playing uh, some pretty nice football towards yeah. towards the end of the season, having having you know stabilised them. Yeah, you know, both through a lot of the young players in. Yeah, he's um, getting rid of a lot of the deadwood as well. You know, he's told you know Austin's been told to to go. Uh, is it Lerma? Yeah, or oh, yeah. Lamina. Lamina, yeah. that's it. Lerma's the Bournemouth guy. Isn't it? Yeah, uh, he he's basically been told to find himself a new club. Um, so yeah. You know, Southampton. You know, I think they could, you know, recover. Well, that's it. If they get uh, Chardam's going, um, yeah. obviously he's making a step up to the Premier League. But him and I mean Nathan Nathan Redmond looks like a totally new player um, under the new manager. Um, so those two, um, alongside Danny Ings, who kind of has his fitness problems, but proved when he was fit that he, he could be very much an asset to them. So. Yeah. You know, there's there's some hope there for them, but uh, again, it's just a matter of how those young players do for them because he he hasn't been shy in putting them in. Um, but will they? How will they stand up to a whole season of it? Yeah, that's But I agree with you. It, um, there's quite a lot of clubs have kind of got weaker than than uh, you might have expected for for considering as a league we spend so much money now. Mm-hmm. You know, Bournemouth has spent 50 million on Philip Billing. Are, are they any better for it? Liverpool haven't invested at all, seemingly. Really? Uh, no, I mean even no. Spurs. Even Spurs have only bought Ndombele, who looks, you know, decent, kind of what they need. But um, did they buy Jack Clark and loan him back to Leeds? Yeah, he's gone back to he's gone back to Leeds. Yeah. they've been linked with every midfielder in in Europe uh, in the last few weeks. But so it's even even thing like they've sold Kieran Trippier, which you know we could argue isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, but they haven't really replaced him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that either thinking Kyle Walker Peters is finally going to get a run. Yeah. Serge Aurier might, you know, go a couple of weeks without snapping a hamstring. Yeah, yeah um, Man United are only filling gaps that they had two seasons ago as well. Well, I mean, we had the, the, the chat with the Man United fan last week, and considering they were going to have the, you know, this massive summer overhaul, uh, at the time of recording, they'd signed Juan Bissaka and Dan James and Swansea. I mean, it looks like they got Maguire now as well. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they're getting Mandzukic today, which... Really? Surprise. Yeah, they're in for Manzukic, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, but, 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 they've pulled out the Dybala deal. Yes, exciting that they didn't think he wanted to join, which made you, <laughs> made you wonder why it went on this long. But <laughs> so yeah, I mean they kind of they've kind of just swapped like for like, really. They haven't, you know. I, I imagine Lukaku will end up going to Serie A at some point. He seems pretty keen on it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting. I think to see how the start of the season shapes out. Unfortunately, I think it's very hard to see past Man City. I don't think we'll have much of a title race. Um, for all Liverpool were great last season, um, I think they'll get killed around Christmas when they've got to go and play in the, uh, the what do you call it, the International oh, Super that, 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 su- Super Duper Mega Cup, whatever it's yeah. called. Where they, yeah. And that's the thing that their front line all played in international tournaments this summer. That's it. it. I mean, you know. Ma- Mane's not even back yet, is he? So, yeah. so I think that'll that'll count against them, but. Um, you know, with, with the firepower they've got, they'll they'll win most of their home games as they tend to do anyway. Yeah. Um, but around Christmas, I can just see their fixtures piling up. And they have, uh, they have got Ad, Ad, Adam Lallana back though. Oh, well, thank thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be fine. Are we going to pretend to talk about Burnley for a bit? If we must, yeah. I've I mean, spent two minutes reading up on them. Oh well, you lead the way. Then who, does, who've does, Burnley? Who, does, who've Burnley signed? Does no one in Burnley have the internet? Is that why we couldn't find anybody? Like I know we did find somebody, and I was really excited about it. But well, I know Ross went. Ross went to possibly like the most famous Burnley fan ever. <laughs> Got a yes, and then he didn't didn't turn up. So yeah. what was he called? Charles Dagnall. Dagnall. Charles Dagnall, England international cricketer. Good old Daggers. Ah. If you ever listen to Fighting Talk on uh, Radio Five, he's a regular I mean, on there. I mean, short of asking Jimmy Anderson or um, wasn't there a politician? Oh, um, Campbell. Yeah. Campbell, yeah. Alistair Campbell. Yeah. Um, probably wouldn't be a good time to have him on. Um, okay. Burnley have rewound the clock and re-signed um, James Rodriguez. Jay Rodriguez, rather. Uh, if they got James Rodriguez, that would have been a much different, <laughs> yeah. a much different approach to the yeah. season. He'd have still been terrible in that Burnley team. Uh, but yeah, so Jay Rodriguez has gone back. Uh, basically, uh, they somehow have managed to get rid of Stephen Ward at left back as well. How I know if he's played for so long, I don't know. But they have swapped in for Eric Peters, who was at Stoke last season. Um, who else? Uh, they're probably going to lose James Tarkovsky, who is arguably their best defender. But that's is, he going, is he going to Leicester, is he? Is he uh, yeah, the talk is that he's Leicester's preferred choice. Uh, I saw he um, he didn't play yesterday because of a a minor injury, which is always kind of like a when the link with a move away. You can, you can almost yeah, see yeah. Where, where they're, what they're driving out there. Um, All right. But yeah, apart from that, I can't, I don't remember. Where did Burnley finish last season? Because like, I know they had a terrible start. To they the were, season, as they, they usually were probably, do. Oh, 16th. So uh, 16th, and yeah. But... Yeah, they weren't good at all last season. They've got that new young kid who's come through, haven't they? That uh, Dwight McNeil, is it? He yeah, pretty yeah. lively when he came in towards the back end of the season. But yeah, well, I kind of just feel like Burnley have run their course in the league. Same as Brighton, though. There's a few who kind of fall in this category. Like, I know Burnley had um, Europa League at the start of last season, which mm-hmm. seemed to derail them completely, along with having Joe Hart. Which uh, James, you'll obviously know, having Joe Hart is is like playing with. Ten men, or, or or an outfield player in goal, but either way, like they were unlucky with their goalkeepers, though, weren't they? Didn't they go through like three goalkeepers in three games? Yes, before the season started, and obviously Heaton's left now as well. Which I was very surprised. Yeah, I was surprised that, that Hart's still appa- there and Heaton isn't. Apparently, Heaton was in the last year of his contract, mm. and um, he's the he wasn't oldest too keen. Though, wasn't he? He's in the oldest out of the three. I think yeah, it must be, um, and no one well. I think they're still trying to peddle Joe Hart, but yeah, and you, you wouldn't get rid of Pope, to be fair. Well, if he's fit again, I mean, he was very, very good, and that that season finished seventh, but uh, he hasn't played for a year, pretty much. But you know, but they, the thing is, Burnley traditionally don't start the season well. Uh, I think they first half of the season, reading off the first half of the season last year, they only won three games. Uh, I, I remember there was that long run where they just 
couldn't win a game at all. Uh, but they start to Southampton next weekend. Uh, then they go to the Emirates the weekend after, so there's potentially three points for them there. Uh, and then they go, <laughs> and then they play Wolves the week after that. Um, so straight away they're going against three of the league's attacking teams. Uh, so it could be quite interesting. Although they're running, is uh, Wolves, Norwich, and Brighton as the last three games of the season. So that, well, that could be quite interesting, depending on where they are. Um, we'll worry about that in uh, in eight months' time. But yeah, yeah. I I think. I, I don't think they'll go down because there are some shit teams in the league this season. Um, but I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I, I think they'll be the team that helped Newcastle stay up because I think the, Burnley are, Burnley can't scrape a run together for, at the best of times. And I think one thing Steve Bruce has got going for him at Newcastle is he's, he, can, he can dig in and get results where if need be. So I, I think... I think there's easily four teams worse than Newcastle in the league. I know your um, optimism is at an all-time low, Dave. Um, well, it is, but I mean, since we did that, that first podcast, we've signed a couple more players. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean them any good, of course, but uh, it's just it's kind of just annoying that we're giving all this money to Steve Bruce and like Rafa had to dance to get a player in on loan. It was just it's it's just didn't seem like a sensible strategy to me to to make a world-class manager have to beg for any sort of transfers, whereas a championship clogger, clogger like Bruce is getting £40 million on a striker, this kind of thing. But um, I, I don't think we'll go down uh, based on what you've just said as well. Mm-hmm. You know, We're better than the three promoter clubs, I'm fairly certain of that. Um, I think we're better than Brighton. Can't see Burnley, can't see Burnley doing much. Um, and that, that's more than enough to keep us up. So we've finished talking about Burnley, unless, uh, <laughs> unless our West Ham friend's got anything to say about his fellow Clarets. Oh, uh, they got, yeah, they wear nice colours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, it, I no disrespect to any Burnley fans listening, but uh, sort of a club that sort of just don't really have any feeling towards, they just they don't really offend, they don't, you know, wow you or anything, they're just they're sort of there every season. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um there never really any com- many conversations for you know top seven finish or, or relegation battles or nailed on to go down. It's the club that just seems to be ticking along, and everyone loves Sean Dyche. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope they do well just because I like I like their kit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw um, Chris Wood score some like nine goals in preseason. He's a, he's, which a, is... he's a decent enough player though, isn't he? Um... Well, well, you have got him, Barnes, and uh, and Rodriguez, which is it's not a bad pool of strikers though for a, for a shit house club. Um, I mean, we've got one striker, so you know that's that's something they've got over us. Oh, Luis Suarez has just scored a last minute winner for Barca. Oh. Oh, now you'll never win the ICC Cup, whatever it is. Oh, it's not that. It's it's some. Friendly trophy that Barcelona play every season. Apparently, the 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 Wangampa trophy or something. But it was worth watching for Ainsley Maitland-Niles' comical own goal, which I imagine will be beamed all over Sky Sports later on. But yeah, Barcelona just scored the most FIFA goal ever. Uh, incidentally, about four minutes after Mustafi came onto the pitch. Um, but anyway, Dave, I had a question I wanted to ask you for weeks now. Oh yes. And I've been saving it for this moment. So. Right. Newcastle fans aren't happy that Steve Bruce has come in, obviously, and whatever, mm. right? Rafa has gone, unfortunately, as well. My question is to you, okay, Steve Bruce has come in, you're not happy about it, but who else was going to take that job? Well, people said this when we got Benitez, um, after we sacked McLaren, or who's mm. going to take that job? And then the story goes that supposedly Benitez contacted Ashley or Ashley's people and said he wanted the job. So it's not like no decent managers would have wanted the job. Uh, I think there have been plenty of others who would have taken a punt on it. Do you think the takeover um, talk had something to do with it as well? Uh, I do, yes. I think I think there was a lot going on behind the scenes, which is why we spent so long between the end of the season, where apparently everyone knew Benitez was going anywhere, and appointing the manager in like the second week of July. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were waiting to see how this takeover, not takeover, developed. Um as it turns out, it hasn't really developed, but I don't understand how these people in Dubai have basically said, oh, yeah, we've, we've bought the club. We're just waiting on the paperwork. Whereas Mike Ashley's like, 
No, they haven't. How how it can go for nearly three months without any sort of concrete answer between the two of them just seems insane. Um, so I, I guess we'll probably never really know what happened, but I think there was something going on behind the scenes which was meaning Ashley didn't want to spend any money on A, players and B, a manager. And then it got to the point where he had to protect his investment and appoint someone, someone who would do what he was told, um, which Steve Bruce certainly will. Um, and it's, it is what it is. Like we're, we're going to be stuck with them now, I imagine. Well, as I say, Sports Direct aren't having the greatest of times at the moment, to the point where the one in Birmingham is selling fake Arsenal shirts. I'm not quite well, sure what's happening there. Um, but do you think it's going to get to the point where Ashley just wants to recoup a bit of income from somewhere and just lower his... Because he's asking prices quite high, isn't he? It's driven off a few serious investors. Yeah, so... Do you think he'll lower it... that at some point? I think he'd have to. Well, I don't think he will because he's, he's he wants three hundred fifty million. Um, I don't know how he's arrived at this figure because the club's n- not worth anywhere near that amount. Um, but I guess part of the problem is that we owe him about one hundred and thirty million worth of debt, which is money he's pumped into the club when we've been relegated, basically, uh, and when he initially bought us because he didn't do due diligence and when he took over the the overdraft. Um, it was repayable immediately because it was under the previous owners. Anyway, um, so it's all debt he's made of his own account. Really, it's it's if he'd done his job properly, he wouldn't have had to pump that money in. But he won't see it like that, so he won't want to make a loss on it. He gets his cheap, tatty sports brand beamed around the world to billions of people for little to no money as it is. So there's very little reason for him to sell it. Um, as long as we stay in the league, we'll get hundreds of millions a year for it. Um, unless Sports Direct falls off a cliff, I cannot see the situation changing, unfortunately. Okay. And it nearly did fall off a cliff. I, I was going to say that they've, they've been quite close a few times, haven't they? And, you know, I just thought, you know, with, with his num- number one business, as it, as it is, seemed to be in a bad place. I thought, you know, he'd want to recoup funds from his other investments to... Uh, to maybe throw into it because I know uh, is it House of Fraser who's been involved he's bought them hasn't he and apparently they're in a bit of a mess uh, still more of a mess than he thought they were when he got involved so you know maybe it's a case of he gets back onto people and saying look I'll I'll take less but I don't know that'll be the dream he got like a 600 million tax bill last week yeah from, from the Belgium authorities I think which uh-huh. cheers Belgium so hopefully more countries follow suit with that um it's it's a shame because obviously up here people live and breathe football and it's I mean I have, I haven't renewed um, partially because of what's going on but also because I'm don't have six hundred quid to spare these days but uh, there's a lot of people who haven't renewed and there's, there was meant to be some sort of boycott next week for the Arsenal game it doesn't yeah, really no. look like it, like doesn't really look like it's coming to much I think there's still going to be a healthy crowd in there so they've been approaching yeah, Arsenal fans to uh, boycott the game as well. Yeah, because you're a lot aren't supposedly very happy with um, anything. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's just stupid, really, isn't it? Like, I mean, people people go to work for a week, and on a weekend they just want to go and support their football club. It shouldn't be about politics and who doesn't do what. Like, it, it's a shame it comes to this, but uh, you'd like to make a stand, really, and I hope it'll make a difference, but. It's, unless everybody does it it's just not going to mm-hmm. even but no one's going to bat an eyelid so you always find a losing battle trying to get 50,000 people to to do anything yeah but never mind I, I still think we'll stay up and uh, you know it, it's it's funny because the players he's got now we're, we're probably going to end up with a better squad than we had last season probably really yeah it, it, so the players you saw in that uh, Maxim looks pretty decent uh, you know, uh, Joe Lil- Joe Ilton, Joe Elton. Yeah, Joe Linton, Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he um, looks alright as well. Yeah, well, that's what forty million gets you. Like it's, you'd expect him to be alright. I know it's, it's something we haven't ever really had. I mean, it took fifteen years for us to beat the the money we spent on Michael Owen by signing Almiron, mm. and he immediately improved the team no end. Um, so obviously, if you keep spending money, then the team should get better. Uh, obviously, we've lost Rondon, we lost Perez, but. 
we've replaced them with uh, with Maximin and uh, and Joe Linton, as you say. Um, if we keep all the long stuff as well, he looks better every game he plays. Now his, his brothers started playing as well. He, mm-hmm. he scored yesterday. Um, no one else looks like leaving. We've lost Diarmia for nothing, but it's not a huge loss to be honest. Um, uh, is it Mullins? Has he started? No, Hayden. It was Hayden, wasn't it? Or oh, Isaac Hayden. Hayden. He yeah, wanted not, to not, leave, not, didn't he? Not Hayden Mullins. Hayden Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he looks like he's staying. Um, he was talking of getting a new contract. Now I don't know how this has happened because he's gone from my family need me to move down south to yeah, I'll probably end up staying. Like something's changed somewhere. Whether he just didn't like Benitez and it was a cover story or not, I'm, I'm really not sure. But um, he's playing out of his skin at the minute. Like he. He's playing like our captain, which is really odd because he was nowhere near the team this time last year. But now he's pretty much the first name on the team sheet, which is it's great for us. But uh, it's it's odd how it's come from. Hmm. Okay. All right then. Um, does anyone have anything else of uh, of any great importance to raise? We've hit the magic hour mark, you see. So, <laughs> so we've all forgotten how to do this. Uh, are we all in agreement that Man City are going to win the league again this season? Yes. That was easy. Yeah, there you go. Sorted. That, that, so that's our predictions. And uh, uh, Everton have got the best deal of the transfer market. In Keane, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Um, Unless he turns out to actually be terrible, but... He, he well, he might he, he, he might take a couple of months to adapt because generally players come from Serie A do take a little bit of time. There's not many hit the ground running really, um, but at the same time he's young enough. He's not exactly had like a decade of Serie A under his belt anyway, so it shouldn't shouldn't really matter. Yeah, uh, ahead. Cannot wait for Liverpool versus Norwich on Friday night. That'd be a nice one-sided game to get us going. Yeah, Friday night football. Still get some getting used to that. I just don't like it. They're bringing in more Saturday games this year, aren't they? Yeah, there's going to be actual Saturday night games, aren't they? Like 7 o'clock and stuff like that. Uh, again, yeah, not really anything. No one really demanded that, did they? But here we are. Yeah, cause they, there was the one game one game last season, wasn't they? They played at like 7, 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. And I think, yeah, they're stretching that out a bit now as well. So, And also, Amazon are going to be showing Premier League games this season. Is it yes, the season it starts? They've got two um, sort of rounds of midweek games in December. One's Boxing Day and the other one's like a random midweek in December. They're going to be streaming every three o'clock game, aren't they? Hang on, what? Uh, what? So that, that, that's, I'm pretty sure that's it, is that if you, if you have Amazon on those, on those specific days, you can pick which game you want to watch. Oh, on those, for those games, yeah, yeah, not for like every Saturday. Not the whole Saturday, I mean, not. Oh, right. I don't think the league would allow that, would they? Yeah, no. I think it, I think their deal is similar to the one that Sky have got for the EFL at the moment. So midweek games, you can watch any EFL midweek game on Sky. Right. Yeah. By pressing the pressing the red button or whatever, and it, it gives you like the match choice and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, I, I know Amazon had something like that lined up, but I wasn't entirely sure that it was going ahead. But apparently, they are pushing for more games in the next package already. So. Wow. Can't wait to spend an extra eight a year to watch fucking. How many fucking Burnley packages? Southampton. So many subscriptions to pay for, man. It's just mad, isn't it? I think Ross should uh, just pay for all of ours because we ha- obviously have to watch the games for content. <laughs> well, you you can pitch that to him and uh, let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then let's wrap this up. Um, James, thanks very much for uh, for coming on to talk about West Ham. Where can uh, people find you on Twitter if they want to talk West Ham with you? They can find me on uh, at by James Jones. It's by James Jones, or uh, over at West Ham World, just at West Ham World. Uh, is that West Ham World the, the podcast that come back for this season? So we're yeah we've sort we're back on the radio um, every Tuesday night between seven and eight pm. Um, this is live radio on Love Sport Radio, and then we'll have the, that will then be sent uh, sort of release the podcast the following day, so we'll have Wednesday lunch. So um, yeah, we're back we're back on this 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 season. Very good, uh, Chris. Where can uh, people find you to talk Jack Wilshire with you? 
Uh, XIX Blue Wolf XIX on practically every social platform known to man. Come listen to me moan about things. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, you can find me uh, at CM9798 or you can find the podcast at Man on the Post. Um, thanks very much, fellas. Um, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about the open weekend of the season. Yay! But until then, <laughs> until then, uh, remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs> <laughs>